0: Welcome to the We Are Next podcast, advice and insight from all over the advertising industry to help you navigate your career with confidence. I'm Natalie Kim.
1: And I am Dominique Brown. I am an I actually just got promoted to strategist at KBS, which is Cursion Bomb, Bond, and Senekal in New York City. And thanks for listening.
0: Hi everybody, it's Natalie. Welcome to episode three. First, I just wanted to say how amazing the launch of the podcast was last week. Thank you guys so much for all the love. I'm so excited to take your feedback and your comments and just keep working to make the podcast better with every episode, so thank you so, so, so much. I'm going to be doing a little bit of travel soon, and I'd love to record some guests while I'm on the road. I'm going to be in the San Francisco Bay Area from August 7th through the 14th, and then in Singapore from the 17th through the 23rd of August. So if you know anyone who would make a compelling guest, feel free to shoot me an email. I'll pop my email address in the show notes for this episode. I couldn't wait to share my conversation with Dominique Brown, who's a strategist at KPS. Dominique is on the earlier side of her career and brings such a fresh energy combined with this sense of wisdom and just kind of knowing her shit and I I really enjoy talking with her and I think those of you who are just starting your careers out, what she's going to say and the advice she has is super relevant and I think a lot of, there'll be a lot of head nodding as you hear her perspective on things so without further ado, enjoy.
1: The promotion. We didn't even talk about Thank that you. before we started. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Yeah. I literally, I just had lunch with my boss. <laughs>
0: oh, awesome. So like breaking yeah. news. <laughs>
1: breaking
0: news. There you go. Awesome. Um, so we connected through MAPE. So we both um, volunteered to be coaches this year. And did you do MAPE as a student?
1: I didn't do MAPE. I did another program called um, Most Promising Multicultural Student. Got
0: it. Um,
1: which I can totally go into a little bit later. But um, basically, you apply. And then if you're selected, they select 50 students, um, to be a part of the program and you get to go to New York city for four days. Mm-hmm. And, um, within that four days you meet with everyone possible within the advertising industry. Yeah. Um, and you're kind of just like pitching your resume, you're pitching yourself. Um, and so I got to do that really, which was an amazing opportunity. And that was my senior year of college.
0: Talk a little bit about your journey from being a student
1: to where you are today. Yeah, sure. So I, Graduated two years ago. Um, I went to Ithaca College in upstate New York. It's very cold. Um, <laughs> and my major was very long. It was integrated marketing and communications. Mm-hmm. And what that actually means, it was basically a combination of advertising and PR. Okay. Um, and I really thought I wanted to originally do journalism, and then I changed my mind, and then I was like, okay, I want to do PR. Um, and I actually took most of my internships from my freshman year all the way through into my junior year in public relations and I was very sure I wanted to do PR and then I did a summer internship um, at an agency and I really kind of just got hung up with PR with I was like it's just not it wasn't really creative enough for me like it wasn't I didn't feel like I was really pushing anything out there Um, and so my senior year I I just made the switch and I was like I want to do advertising I think I really want to pursue that Um, and I knew about advertising in the sense of what it was of course but I didn't know how many different, um, departments are really within advertising. It's truly uh, a massive ship that really takes everyone to really kind of move. Um, and so moving from PR into, uh, advertising, I just kind of thought, okay, fine, I'll do account management. That's mm-hmm. what's going to like work for me. Um, and then I did an account management internship at, uh, Wieden and Kennedy, my, right after I graduated and, um, it was awesome. Like it was, it was so, so great. And what I was doing there, I was, it was this very small team that I was actually working on and I got mm-hmm. to really work on cool clients. I was working on um, Sprite and Jordan. Um, and we done, did a ton of like brainstorm sessions and um, I was really, really close with the account lead and he let me do like competitive reviews and stuff like that. I was sitting in on client meetings and I really, really liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, but really coming away from that, I was like, okay, I definitely love account management. And then I went to BBDO, which I was an AAE at. And at BBDO, that was kind of like flipped the switch for me in terms of what account management is. Yeah. Um, and I kind of got a sense of like, oh, when you're an AAE, you're going to take on a lot of the financial responsibilities of the account. Um, you're going to be doing, like, trafficking and shipping of the spots. Right. Um, and it's less of kind of, like, this brainstorming work in, in terms of, like, looking at your competitive set. Um, and so really what it came down to is my internship at Wyden was much closer to strategy than it actually mm-hmm. was to account. And when I moved to BBDO, I realized, oh, this is actually what, what account management is. It's a lot more of really putting out fires in the day-to-day. Right. You don't necessarily have this, like, key deliverable. It's more that um, you are working on a million things at once and you're kind of like the all-seeing eye in terms of everything, um, which can be a lot to handle depending on who you are. Or, and sometimes, depending on who you are, it's the best thing, like you absolutely love it. Yeah. Um, but really what it came down to for me, I was just like, this, this doesn't work, it's not gonna make sense. Um, and I worked on, at BBDO I was working on Mountain Dew. Mm-hmm. And on Mountain Dew, I was able to work on the Super Bowl commercial called Puppy Monkey Baby um, which came out in 2015. And yep. if you guys saw it, It was it's all sorts of strange. It's very <laughs> bizarre. <laughs> it's super strange. Um, but that was literally the first thing that I ever worked on, and I was AAE on that. And working on that, I actually got really close with the strategist at um, a BBDO who mm-hmm. actually worked on that account. And I realized basically working with him, I think I want to do strategy. I actually don't want to be um, an account. And he really kind of helped me begin to, to make that move,
0: mm-hmm. which is great. I think that it's so common, especially for strategists, but probably for like all um, all roles, that it's not until you encounter someone from the team that like, you're supposed to be in, and you sort of like <laughs> recognize something in yourself, and you just feel like so drawn to that person and like the way that they think, like I can totally relate to that. And um, it's funny you mentioned Puppy Monkey Baby, because um, <laughs> the agency that I worked at in New York, Firstborn, did the it was the yes. like digital articulation yes, of it. Yes, did
1: I totally yes. Of yeah, course. <laughs> I I
0: personally didn't work on Mountain Dew. That wasn't an account I was on, but I'm familiar with yes. that very strange I creature. Really
1: with Firstborn, yeah, of course, because it was such a <laughs> strange. It was literally a puppet that they made. It was like a thirty thousand oh. dollar puppet that they actually made, and it was so crazy because after the spot was done, they shot it in um, the UK, and then they okay. afterwards they shipped the puppet back to New York. And oh. I remember my boss was like, can you go get Puppy Monkey Baby? And I was like, um, what do you mean? And she was like, it's downstairs, can you get him? And literally, it's like he was in this, this coffin-looking case, and you open oh it my up, gosh. and there he is, like Puppy Monkey Baby, and it was so crazy. Like, the legs felt like baby legs, and Ew. the fur, <laughs> very, like, felt. It was just so, oh, it was absolutely insane. Oh, my God, and I, I night- feel like that would be, night- like, nightmares for days. <laughs> oh, yeah. the One of the strangest tasks that I had to do um, he was basically after the commercial he was going to um oh the NBA all-star game and it was in Canada that year okay and I remember I had to call the Canadian border patrol to be oh, like no. I have a puppet that is known as a puppet monkey baby is he going to be able to like get through the border oh my and gosh like, oh yeah I don't know we'll have to look into this and I was like am I really calling <laughs> the Canadian border patrol about a puppet that's so funny but, that's so funny yeah. I mean, that's what an account is like, it's like you'll never, you never are sure what your tasks are going to be like. You can be, it's really, you have to be a man of, of many trades. Right, right. So let's talk a little bit about the switch from account
0: management to brand strategy as you kind of outlined in your journey. What would, what would be the advice that you would give to people who are interested in making a similar switch?
1: do your research, like be 100% sure that this is kind of what you want to move into. Something that I did was when I kind of uh, got the idea, I think I want to make the switch, I stalked I don't know how many people on LinkedIn and if they were in branding or you know like specifically branding as opposed to advertising if they were a strategist or if they had made the move from account to strategy. Yeah. Um, I would reach out really and just tell them my story of how you know I think I want to make the switch. I would love to kind of hear about your journey mm. um, and I talked at least to like maybe 20, 20 25 people wow. um, and it was like a weekly thing like I, I you know I had calls and I was, I was just picking people's brains and that really allowed me to get a sense of you know, how do I make the move? Like, what is it that I need to do? Um, what is it that a strategist actually does on a, on a day-to-day, um, especially across different types of agencies um, sure. and industries? Because it is different. Um, and then also to just see, is this something I would be passionate about? Like, mm-hmm. do I actually want to do this on a, on a day-to-day? Um, and so that helped me kind of begin to make the move. Um, and then actually talking to other people, I was able to kind of, th- someone said to me, Make a, a mock portfolio. So as if you, yep. you know, worked on strategy your whole life, make a mock portfolio. And what that does is strategy truly as a job, what they're hiring you for is your brain. How do you think? You know, what are your opinions on things that are happening, you know, throughout the world and, and people in general? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I made a mock portfolio of brands that I've I worked on in the past as well as brands I would have loved to kind of potentially work on. Um, and I did like a brief for each brand as if, you know, this is what, you know, the, the client came to me with whatever problem. Mm -hmm. And this is a potential brief that I might've come up with. And this is maybe what a campaign might look like. Um, and that really kind of allowed me to get my foot into the door for, um, many interviews really. Um, it just gave them a sense of, all right, she really is passionate about this. And, you know, she kind of put this forth, Mm -hmm. which is really, that I think was the best thing I did to, to really kind of make the move.
0: I think that strategists these days, it's almost like getting to the point where we kind of need portfolios of our own. You know what I mean? Even, even yeah. if you're just starting out or if you're kind of midway through, um, I just, I mean, we think about portfolio and portfolio books for creatives, but I think more and more, you know, yeah. creating a book as a strategist and almost focusing more. I love when you said, I'm um, creating like a brief that the client might have given you and sort of mm-hmm. it's not you're just not showing like the end product like ta-da here it is because that's very much like what a creative would do but more focusing on kind of stripping back like what was your process and getting there because strategy is yep. so behind the scenes sometimes and you know, mm-hmm. we don't really see our decks like out yeah. you know out in the world and so um, yeah I think that's a it's a really great idea and a really great tip for for people.
1: Yeah. I mean, anyone that really asks me, that's what I always tell them. I like, just start. And it also, I, the other thing with the portfolio is that you get to see kind of how you work and how you mm-hmm. think. If you want to make this transition, you're challenging yourself. Like, can I come up with an insight? What defines an actual insight? Right, right. You know, that I think is, is really, it's a great way to truly really start to experience what strategy is mm-hmm. uh, before you even stepping into the interview process. And then you can defend your work from there.
0: Right. Outside of going from account management to strategy, how have you made decisions about where to go next in your career? So you've worked at a few different agencies before, but can you talk a little bit about um, like how you have sort of led yourself down the path that you've
1: taken? That's a good question. Um, I think really it's been about just kind of nailing down, like, who who are you? What do you want? Uh, You know, who are you as a person? What is it that, like, intrigues you? Um, I remember when I was in school, you know, you talk to a ton of different people when you're networking and whatnot, and people are like, oh, I don't really like my job, blah, blah, blah. And something I just really wanted was to truly be passionate about what I did. Um, And I think that's kind of my guiding light for leading me from path to path. Is really like, are you passionate about this? Do you truly enjoy what you're doing? You know, how much does this really feel like a job, or how much does this really feel like um, a project or something that you might do? Like, let's say you weren't even getting paid for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. so that that's really actually why I even started to make the switch from you know account to strategy because I realized an account like this, you're not passionate about it. Right. You know, there's there's nothing that is driving you here. Um, and so that's kind of been my my guiding light. So now even in my current role so I've been doing a ton of like um content and social strategy but then I was also um given the opportunity to really do like brand strategy so I was able to completely rebrand this um sleep company from the ground up Mm -hmm. and that has been like super fantastic just kind of being able to do like different brand architectures um you know defining you know the messaging the audience so on and so forth um and I realized, wow, I, I really like this deep connection to the brand and what you know things look like and shaping what that what that is. Yeah. And so as I look towards the future, I'm like, well, maybe you know I do a little bit of like a curve, and maybe it's like, oh, I'm going to go more towards branding as opposed to right. staying in advertising. Um, but it's really just making sure that I'm leading with my passion first, mm-hmm. as opposed to like leading with, oh, you know, I want to be CEO or oh, I want to be you know have a high salary. Right. Just leading first with that passion, and that makes sure that you're kind of going in the right direction.
0: And then so when you think about like what the right agency might be for you, is it kind of applying the same thing? Like, is this the place where I can pursue those passions that I've identified in myself? Or are there other factors that you're kind of taking into consideration when you say, oh, I'm going to make a move to a different agency or I'm going to stay at this agency for a while?
1: Yeah, Um, definitely going from... I guess it's, it's a twofold thing. So it's definitely a first passion. Is this something that I want to do? Mm-hmm. And can I see myself here? Um, but with the, the idea of seeing yourself there, you have to ask yourself, um, what works for you? Some, sometimes, you know, do you want to be a, um, a big fish in like a small pond or, you know, how mm-hmm. does it, how does it sort and kind of, how do you figure yourself out there? Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, what I just kind of came to realize is, First, I like to be at like a smaller, mid-sized agency because I personally feel that I get more of a responsibility and I'm able to learn more. Yep. Um, that was, that's most important for me. Another thing, honestly, and this is rare in, in advertising, but um, I want work-life balance. I want to be able to um, truly kind of draw a line this in the sand and be able to really live my life. Um, so what I love about like, where I'm currently at is, um, one, we have unlimited vacation. My boss thoroughly encourages you to like go out and see the world. What um, is so funny? The other day, he was like, "Dom, like, how's your plate? Do you, are you really busy?" Yeah. And I was like, "Yeah, I have, like a few things." And he's like, "Okay, well, can you can you please go visit a museum? Can you please just yeah. get out of the four walls?" And I think that's so important, especially yeah. as a strategist. Like, you're looking at people, you're looking at the world, you're looking at yeah. how everything kind of reacts, and you're not gonna learn it inside some sort of like corporate building. You mm-hmm. have to get outside, um, and so that is a huge thing for me to be able to kind of have that autonomy mm-hmm. um, to explore. Um, and then really, truly, essentially, most important is the people. And I think initially when you first graduate, you're just like, oh, I just want a job. I just need a job. Yep. And you don't think about, and you're like, "Your job and a decent salary. And you don't think about, you know what? There's going to be a big switch happening. You're going to be spending um, at minimum eight hours a day with these right. people, more time than you'll spend with your friends and, and your family. Right. And you have to like the people that you're working with. Um, because truly, I mean, they're going to know you inside and out—personal life, your professional life. They're going to know you, and you're going to spend so much time together. Um, and so, I think that was very important for me, especially when I was interviewing. You know, could I have a drink with this person? Yeah. You know, would I want to invite them to my house? Do we do we hit it off? Mm-hmm. Um, to just kind of really get along. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, that's those are like a few things. Just kind of like leading with your passion. Do you like the people that you work with? And if you crave like a sense of adventure and you want to be able to like kind of get out and see the world is your job going to give you that opportunity? Right. So that, those are some really important factors for me.
0: I'm glad you mentioned the work-life balance thing, because I do think it seems like this big myth, especially when you're first starting out and overall advertising has a reputation that it's not like a nine to five job, which is fine. And, and, you know, like there's nothing, um, there's nothing wrong with like burning the midnight oil and like busting your ass when you're first starting out for sure. But like, if it's, like, built into the culture, like, it's just, like, yes. expected, and if work-life balance is something that's important to you, um, then, you know, obviously, it's not going to be a good fit, and I do think there are agencies, like yours, that, um, you know, have proven that there there can be work-life balance, like, built in in, in certain ways on, like, a almost, like, institutional level, because otherwise, it's sort of, when it's left to just the culture of advertising overall, I think that's when it trends towards, oh, we're all, like, working really late and stuff like that. So when agencies, like, go out of their way to set up things like, you know, unlimited vacation days or, um, you know, encouraging people to get out of the office, yeah. you know, when, when they can, I, I think that's, that's great that people can know that there are examples like that out there. And that's yeah, and I,
1: exactly. I think it's so funny because um, I was talking to someone of my coworkers the other day, and she's the, the kind of person that, like, doesn't leave the office until, like, 730. Yeah. And I'm, like, I said to her, I was, like, what? why? Yeah. She's like, I don't know. I just feel really bad. I'm oh, like, no. bad, bad yeah. for what? And right. she's like, just getting up and leaving. I'm like, I'm like, that would, why? Like to go home yeah. to your house? Like you know, what is it that you feel bad for? Yeah. And I think that is like some sort of like a culture that people have where yeah. they're just like, I need to be here, you know, hundred percent. Like, uh, I can't leave until like everyone else in the office has left. Yeah. And the thing is, is like, where you have to ask yourself, if you feel bad, are you telling yourself that you feel bad for having a life? Like mm-hmm. is is that what you feel bad about? Like for trying to have some sort of a life mm-hmm. because you shouldn't. Right. Um, and I mean, I think you you have to figure out how are you going to think about it, yeah. and then also kind of set restrictions for yourself. Sometimes it's not even the culture that's shaping the work life balance as much as you are actually sh- shaping sure. how much work life balance you have. Right. And so you have to set boundaries for yourself to kind of say, you know oh, I'm going to leave after I finish this project, you know, or I'm going to leave at, you know, 630 today, because that's what, you you know, you maybe you have a dinner or drinks, or maybe you just want to go home, and that's okay. Um, But I think it's, it's also like just the culture of America in general, where we're just kind of like, so we all are always working, we're complete workhorses, but it's really important for you to kind of really be able to um, set your own personal boundaries, because Mm -hmm. then from there, people will respect those boundaries and, and recognize that.
0: Mm, I love that. I'm a big proponent of that <laughs> Yeah. You, so you started to touch on the idea of like building relationships at work and really to getting to know the people before you, know, you make a decision because you're going to be spending so much time with them and you know how important that really has been for you. Can you explain how you've gone about developing those relationships? And I wanted to talk specifically about like tactics, not tactics, but getting specific about building a great relationship with your boss. Because I think that's one of the most like yeah. important relationships, obviously, as you go through your career.
1: Um, I think really it's about um, getting away from the desk. Like try to like really get them outside of the office, where you're able to have coffee with them, have a conversation. Sometimes it's not about work, you know, just yeah. necessarily like just get a sense of what are you interested, in, you know, what are things that you like. So my current boss, we. I, we fortunately hit it off like right from the interview. Yeah. Um, I, I think when we, he interviewed me, maybe the first 10 minutes we talked about work and then the next, I think we talked about movies for the next like 20 to 30 <laughs> minutes. Right. Um, and I realized right away, I was like, I, we're, we're going to be great with this person. I'm going to be, it's going to be a really good relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's important to kind of set like, you know, here are things that I'm, um, my clear cut goals of things that I maybe would like to do in the next year or so, or, you know just. So they get a sense of that, mm-hmm. but also just get an idea of what are they like because yeah. they're, they're a person too. I think what's hard um, especially is that everyone comes into the industry in some way having some sort of a passion. And you move up and you are promoted because of that passion. And then all of a sudden somewhere along the way it's like, okay, great, your passion, put it on the sideline. Now it's important to manage people. Mm-hmm. And that's not something that you're taught and so a lot of people become bosses and they're never really actually taught to manage people. Mm-hmm. And it's, I think it's important as someone, um, when you do have a boss, is to remember that they are a person mm-hmm. um, and to truly figure out, you know, what is so great about this person or what, how did this person kind of start here and, and pick their brain in terms of their story. Yeah. Um, and showing interest in that is how you can kind of start to build that connection or that relationship um, just beyond mm-hmm. just the work environment. And I think that's really kind of what helps um, your boss want to kind of help you and, and, and move you along.
0: Sure, they're invested in you as a, a person outside of you know the office. And yeah. I think it, it what you're talking about is also so critical to like building trust in that relationship because I think working for someone and managing someone does require, I mean, they're sort of helping shape your growth you know as as a strategist or whatever role you are and so I think that level of trust and being able to be super open with communication when things like aren't going super well for you know either party I think that's so 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 important
1: yeah I completely agree so
0: okay I want to shift a little bit and talk about any challenges that
1: you've dealt with or are still dealing with in your career (sighs) um there's, I guess, the simple things. Not even, I don't want to call them simple. That's actually, that's incorrect. Okay. Um, I would say um, a few things. I think uh, people, so I'm a millennial, obviously. So, so people in the industry already have their um, opinions about who millennials are and what they are. Yep. And that's kind of hard, you know, walking into a building and everyone's really already like judged you and, you know, already shaped with who you are and what you're going to do. Um, and I think kind of being able to um, jump over that hurdle mm-hmm. is 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 hard, um, especially when you know you're working on so many brands are like, oh, we want to target millennials. And sometimes people look to you as like, okay, you're a millennial. represent right. everyone and you're right like, right? Oh, no, can't do that. <laughs> yeah, or you know, sometimes people think less of you because, it's like, well, you're a millennial, you wouldn't know. You know, you weren't mm-hmm. around or or whatnot. So I think that's one hurdle. Um, and then the other hurdle is truly, um, being someone that is a person of color as well as a woman, mm-hmm. uh, that is a hurdle within itself, of course. Um, and so really in advertising, it's uh, sad to say, but it still is a boys club. Um, a majority of the time I go on business trips and I am literally the only woman. There's been meetings, you know, and I'm, there's 12 people in the room and I'm still, I'm representing, I'm the only woman and the only person of color. And I'm like, right. how, did, how did we get here? Right. Um, and what's sad is like when you're talking about like, you know, trying to reach people of diversity, I'm like, well, it's not really, we're not really reflecting it. Yeah. You know, let's try a little harder. Um, so I think those are some, uh, things that you'll confront. Um, and the way that to kind of be able to jump over those hurdles is first, um, realizing even if you're the lowest on the totem tur- pole, you a hundred percent deserve a seat at the table. So don't sit in the back of the room. Uh-huh. Um, I have always like, whenever we're like, uh, it's a big client meeting. I'm like right there, notebook in hand, like ready to go. And I don't sit in the back of the room. Um, and it's funny, my boss has noticed he's like, Dom absolutely never sits in the back room. She's always (laughs) there. She's ready to kind of like jump into it. Um, because you shouldn't think less of yourself if you shouldn't like lower yourself just because of you think of your title. Um, you're there for a reason. Um, and then the other thing is, is I think that, um, they have like an app for this actually, but like women (laughs) often get interrupted by men. Yep. Very, very often, like you will get interrupted so, so quickly, like your idea that you might have thought you had will be someone else's in like 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. And so it's being able to um, take control of that, those types of situations. And um, the way I've kind of learned to take control of that is I've mm-hmm. literally had like um, coffee with like the CSO to like talk to her about this. I'm like, how do I, you know, take control of, of the conversations? Yeah. Um, and I started to kind of just saying the phrase, like if someone interrupts me, mm-hmm. I will say the phrase could you please let me finish? And oh, with that phrase, it, when someone actually hears it, they, they can't really say to you, oh no, it's super rude. But if you actually just say, could you please let me finish? They're like, oh wow. I, they recognize that they interrupted you and you can right. actually continue to have your opinion and your thought. Right. Um, So those are just kind of like some th- things that I've kind of uh, confronted and it's still things that you're trying to overcome. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a process and I think that, you know, as an industry as a whole, we're, we're, do, we're trying to make strides to like, overcome a number of the obstacles that are currently there mm-hmm. um but it it's it's going to take time and you have to really kind of do your best to make sure that you are putting yourself in the best light um and not um demoting yourself really in any way like just really make sure that you truly have the control and you have uh you deserve that power and I think that uh as a millennial if you're whatever um someone that's of that of that's diverse mm-hmm. you really have to just make sure that you don't that you do a little bit more in the sense of making sure you're sitting at the table. Right. That tip
0: on interrupting is great in the sense that it avoids the, stereotypically male way to deal with that situation is just to, like, escalate your voice because you're trying to, like, talk over that person. That, but that's not something that comes naturally to women. You know, I don't want to stereotype. Yeah. But just, like, just like our nature is that's not it, like, the status and, and kind of one-upping mm-hmm. and stuff like that. It's all more about, like, community building and, like, cohesion yeah. and stuff like that. And I think that frames it in a very, like, it's, like, the female way to, like, handle a situation like that versus yeah. just trying to play to, like, the man's... Uh, environment you know like in the exactly. room yeah. yeah so i think that's exactly. great
1: exactly and i think it, the other thing is that it really just kind of like calls it it directly kind of calls out that person in the room and everyone kind of recognizes that and so if they don't let you finish it's like very apparent right right, rude. right so
0: yeah so what's something that you didn't realize about advertising until you actually started working
1: i didn't realize how lo- long everything takes <laughs> for some yeah. reason i just thought like oh, we're just going to pump things out, like ad after ad. Yeah, everything's yeah. just going to go so quick. <laughs> no. It does not go that way. Like, so I we just launched one of our campaigns and I've been working on it for a year. And yeah. um, really, it's so funny because I was onboarding someone yesterday and I we did, like, this whole historical of kind of, like, where we were and where where we've kind of come out. Yeah. Um, and just realizing that process of how long everything takes. And the reason it, it is is really because everything's always changing. There's so many, like whether it's like internally or externally, everything's kind of constantly on the move. Um, And then also sometimes you just can't read the client's mind. Like you just really can't. Like um, I I, I remember um, when I was working at BDO, someone said to me, you know, sometimes like, you know, the client will say to you, for example, as if, um, you were in a restaurant, the client might say, you know, I want, you know, steak and French fries. And then you bring out the steak and French fries. And they're like, oh, you know, actually, you know, I really actually wanted like pasta, I think. Yeah. And you bring out the pasta and they're like, you know, actually, can we go back to the steak <laughs> and French fries? And like, that's kind of how advertising is it's just this constant, like, is this, is this what you want? Are you sure? Yeah. Um, and trying to figure that out. And, and, you know, sometimes and I think that's what really what you're doing as a strategist is being able to like pick their brain. And sometimes. Also showing them, hey, you think that you might want, like, you know, steak and french fries or whatever, but you actually really want dessert. Um, and so that, I think, was is kind of the biggest learning curve in advertising right. is just this um, showing that you really just need to have patience. Like, it really does take time, and, and none of this will just kind of, like, flow out all at once.
0: I think there's a twisted irony in the fact that we like do pitches in like one or two weeks like you know like when you're in school you do projects and there's like it's like so long like a semester long pitch and then it's like the total opposite most of the times like there's obviously some longer pitches but sometimes you have to turn around so quickly and then once you've won the pitch it's like okay now it's like a whole like year process to actually like (laughs) make the work (laughs) yes
1: exactly to actually make the work and actually get something off the table yes it's like Oh, it's so interesting, like, how that goes. Yeah. There was one more thing I'm thinking about, like, oh, the other thing, I just kind of moving, I guess, making the switch from account to Mm -hmm. um, strategy, I remember for whatever reason in school, like, I really felt like the way they taught all the departments, it was basically like, okay, there's account people, and then there's creative, and they just didn't really talk about anyone else in between. Yeah. And so when I finally got into the industry, realizing how many different moving pieces it takes to really kind of get something off the ground, I was like, oh, I had no idea. Mm -hmm. You know, like when you're even talking about like, oh, project managers, okay, producers, okay. Um, Even just the differentiation, which there is none between strategist and planner, it's actually the same word. Right. (laughs) Um, But it sounds like, you know, people will treat it as if it's something different, but it truly is the same thing. Um, And also strategy in itself, there at one point, like at my agency, we had so many different disciplines yeah. um, within it. Like, oh, well, you're a content strategist and you're going to be a brand strategist and you're going to be a consumer or something, whatever, a strategist. And now, really, what's kind of happening is that's like, nope, done. You're a strategist. That's mm-hmm. it. Because there are so many, depending on and an account, they require different things. And so, you have to kind of be a little bit of a different type of strategist, but doesn't necessarily mean you need an entirely different title. Um, so, just kind of realizing that. How all of that works, I guess. Yeah. Uh, has been some major uh I've learned a lot in that sense of just kind of seeing how everything goes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean definitely one of the goals for We Are Next and the content we create, I mean, including these these interviews, are is to expose people who are still students to the different like roles that exist that are yeah. outside of just like account management and strategy and, and creative yeah. and stuff like that. So I think it's it's a really good point. And I think a lot of people can relate to to feeling like you know they had such a limited view of what actually the pathways are and then once you get in you're like oh wow <laughs> There's Yeah. it's like all these options for me
1: exactly exactly i mean even we have like a um at kbs have like an entire digital team um sometimes like for example when i was at Wyden, they had their media team in house yeah um so like it's always different and depending on where you're going the disciplines might be a little bit different mm-hmm. um and it truly really just works for that for that agency yeah. and, and for for those clients yeah um and so i think yeah, it's really just not like you know everything's the same. It's really truly different from place to place.
0: Yeah. All right. Last question. Best yeah. piece of advice you've ever been given.
1: Oh, I literally wrote this one down. Okay. Good. Um, <laughs> well, okay. I have two pieces. My All personal right. piece of advice is be patient. Yep. Um, that's something I just was not when I was about to graduate. I was like, ah, I just need a job. Ah. Yeah. And I just felt like I kind of like jumped really, really quick be patient. Everything's going to happen. Uh, you don't have to graduate and have a job. Like it will all fall into place. Like just be patient. Um, and then, um, something that one of my bosses, uh, told me when I was interning is that, um, this, which is a call is better than an email and an office visit is better than a call. Um, and what that means is really to just like, make sure you get up out of your desk, like really connect with people. Um, if you're going to go into strategy, really to, like, just talk to people. Yeah. Um, the funniest thing that people kind of like laugh at me about is because I truly know um, the people that I work with. It's so funny. Um, one of my bosses asked me, like, you know, what does um, so-and-so, they wanted to get someone a gift yeah. um, on my team. And they're like, well, what do they like to drink? And I was like, well, he doesn't like red wine. And he definitely <laughs> likes bourbon. And I definitely and he likes this type of bourbon. Um, and they were like, why? Why do you know this? I'm like, because we talk. Yeah. And like we actually talk we talk about more than work like I, I, I you really have to kind of get to know your people Um, and so that's what I would say is make sure you just kind of get up out of your desk and really really um, talk to people and and pick people's brains even as an intern if you make those connections they're going to want to remember you and they're going to want to keep you around so get up that's what I would say
0: that's <laughs> such great advice that's such great advice to end on thank you so so much for taking the time this was really awesome
1: thank you I really appreciate it It's, it's great to be able to just kind of like, I hope this helps people somewhere. Um, Definitely. but really to just kind of like have a, an industry conversation and really have like that sounding board. It's really helpful.
0: Good. I'm glad. So where can people keep up with you? Um, on social or LinkedIn
1: or okay. you can reach out to me on LinkedIn. Um, my LinkedIn is literally, uh, Dominic Brown. Um, and then I guess if you wanted, you could follow me on Instagram. I'm a big Instagram kind of girl. I'm not on Twitter. <laughs> I mean, I'm on Twitter, but don't, I don't tweet. Don't tweet, yeah. Um, yeah, but you can follow me on Instagram. My Instagram handle is Dommy Girl. So, okay,
0: Awesome. And we'll include the links in the, in the show notes. Again, okay. thank you so, so much.
1: This was so thank much you. fun. How awesome
0: is Dominique? As you may have noticed, we recorded our conversation via Skype, as I often do with remote guests. So I hope that any small pops or fizzles along the way weren't too distracting. I try to edit out most of them in post and really clean up the audio, but it's never 100% perfect. And obviously, being able to record remote guests is super important just to show the diversity in the geography of our industry. If you got something from the podcast today or had an aha moment during the episode, I would love for you to leave a review for us on iTunes. It doesn't take very long. A few minutes maybe but it really goes a long way in helping students and junior talent find the podcast and while you're at it subscribe to our weekly email on our website it's a small dose of advice and insight delivered mondays that's it for us i hope you guys have an amazing rest of your week and for those of you at the end of your summer internships i hope you finish strong i'm natalie and until next time you got this